I need preaching. I've, I've said it many times, but we are not our own best judge. and We're not our own best critic. We're really not. We, we don't tend to see even subtle changes sometimes in our lives and our attitudes and our spirits. We can't see it ourselves. Amen. I, I've said many times I have yet to ever deal with one person who had a rotten attitude that said, I've got a rotten attitude. They always, oh, no, no, I got a good attitude. <laughs> well, you know, it's not that they're lying about it. It's that that's the way they perceive themselves. And that's why I don't want to trust my own perceptions about myself. But I want men to preach to me. Amen. Uh, James said that when we look into this perfect law of liberty, it's like a man who beholds his natural face in a glass. In other words, he said, looking into the Word of God is like looking into a mirror. Amen. You see your flaws. You see your imperfections. And if the mirror's not distorted, it doesn't lie. You ever been in a fun house where they took the mirrors and twisted them? <laughs> the mirror didn't tell the truth, did it? You know, it'd take a little short stocky guy like me and make me look like a string bean you know like I was nine feet tall and six inches around I'd like to have that mirror in my house you know I, I'd like to look at that thing once in a while and try to convince myself that I'm not the way I am but the only reason the mirror shows me that way is because the mirror's been twisted it's been distorted but when the mirror of God's word is taken as it is and it's not twisted and it's not distorted. We might not like what we see, but it's a real picture of who and what we are. Well, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. And I may preach a little bit about that tonight before I get done. Um, but again, I do thank you for helping us to go to that conference. It's, it is a highlight our year to be able to go and uh, to come back feeling refreshed in the spirit even if I am feeling a little weak in the flesh amen but uh, to feel refreshed in the spirit is invaluable and worth more than anything that money can buy and thank you so much for doing it thank you for your prayers for me I appreciate it amen God is going to help us I I want us I know we've been singing tonight and I know Sunday night is generally swing from the chandeliers night. And uh, uh, we may do a little bit more of that before it's over with. And I, I certainly don't want to kill what is going on right now. But there is an old, old song that I haven't heard in many, many years that is going through my heart and mind tonight. And, uh, you know, I some years ago made a pledge that I was going to make sure that our young people and our children don't lose some of these old songs I love the new songs I sing the new songs I'm not opposed to new songs if if they're valid and doctrinally sound and not all of them are but not all the old ones were either there, there's a few of the old ones that I don't sing but uh, or if I do sing them I change them up a little bit hallelujah uh, age doesn't determine truth 
Well, praise God. But be that as it may, there are just some beautiful old songs that I don't want the younger generations to lose. I don't want them to, to not know these songs. But I'm not really singing this tonight just so the young people can know it. But I'm singing it because it, it, it has a message to it that I want to try to convey through the preaching of the word tonight. Amen. So if you would get your songbook, and uh, it's, it, it's, it's number 251, and it's a slower song, and this is Sunday night, and I know we like to sing them, you know, 90 miles an hour, but we're going to slow the speed down a little bit tonight, and um, I really believe the Lord wants to talk to us. I believe the Lord wants to talk to us tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let's sing it together. Number 251. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear the sun of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we With him, though the night around me be falling, but he bids 
me go through the voice of woe. His voice to me is calling. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known come on let's sing it church oh and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me i am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none That second verse again. He speaks at the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing, and the melody that he gave to me. Within my heart is ringing, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear the song of God 
discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy sing it one more time and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his home and the joy we share as we Jesus come on can we just love him for a few minutes I love you Jesus oh come on I feel a touch of the Holy Ghost here tonight Oh, I love you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I have three portions of Scripture that I want to read as a text tonight. That is a bit unusual for me. But I really feel some things on my heart tonight. As I sat in the conference this week, I really felt like God began to deal with me. And um, I wrestle tonight with what I'm feeling. Not wrestling with whether or not this is what God wants, just wrestling with how it will be received. However, and, and I say this tonight not arrogantly, but I think most of you understand when I say that it's really not my job to worry about how it's received. It's just my job to worry about whether or not I'm telling you what God has said to me. And how you receive it's between you and God. I will tell you tonight that for many of you here, what I'm going to say is, is not going to be all that controversial. But I really, I really struggled tonight and, and took some extra time to pray before I came out of the office because I know that there are a few that are going to find this message extremely controversial. And... And God knows the last thing I want to do is to hurt anybody. I'm not up here to wield the sword to cut and slash and 
hurt. And I'm here to try to feed the flock of God, which is the charge that the Holy Ghost gives to the ministry. And, and I want us to be fed tonight. And so I ask you tonight to please don't, don't put this message in its own little container. But put it in the context of 13 years of pastoring here. Put it within the context of the love and compassion I have tried to show to each and every one of you. Amen. I, I just, uh, I know, I know myself, I know my limitations, I know my faults and my failures, and I know that sometimes what I want to say is not really the way that I express it. And, uh, you know, I'm praying God help me to get through that. But after 37 years of ministry, it's still a work in progress. And uh, so you keep praying for your pastor. You do that. Just keep praying. I want us to go tonight to Ezekiel chapter 12, Zechariah chapter 7, and Revelation chapter 3 broad spectrum of scripture tonight Ezekiel 12 Zechariah 7 and Revelation 3 and so it's going to take a little page turning on your part and I want to be patient uh, give you a chance to find these portions of scripture first of all from the book of Ezekiel chapter 12 we're going to read one verse of scripture Ezekiel 12 verse 2 Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not. They have ears to hear and hear not. For they are a rebellious house. They have eyes to see, but they won't see. They have ears to hear, but they won't hear because they are. Zechariah chapter 7, verses 7 through 13. Zechariah 7, verses 7 through 13. Should you not hear the words which the Lord hath cried by the former prophets? When Jerusalem was inhabited and in prosperity and the cities thereof round about her, when men inhabited the south and the plain, and the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. And oppose not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear 
Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law. And the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets, therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore, it is come to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, so they cried and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. And then turning to Revelation chapter 3. And we're going to read verse 22. Revelation 3 and verse 22. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Revelation 3, verse 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear. I'm going to use those three words as my title tonight. Simply, let him hear. Let him hear. Let him hear. Again, I'm asking you to pray for me. I need the touch of God. I need the wisdom of God and the grace of God tonight. But I am also asking that you would pray for yourselves that you could receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your souls. And that you would pray for those that are here tonight. That they too could receive the word of God as it is preached. Would you lift your voices right now church? Would you pray with me and for me right now? Come on, let's praise the Lord. I feel his touch right here, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now I, before you're seated, and, and I'm going to let you be seated, but I want to just say to the church tonight that, that what I am going to deal with is 
it, it, it involves a spirit that is prevalent in this city. And if there is any message that the devil does not want me to preach, it's this one. And if there's any message the devil is going to do his best to confuse the minds of the hearers, it's this one. If he can bind this service, if he can distract this service, if he can do something to the hearts of someone to misunderstand and misappropriate what's being said, the devil's going to do it tonight. And so I need the help of the saints of the Most High God as I deliver. I'm telling you, I, I feel, I feel this so strong tonight. God is helping us. We're going to bring down the kingdom of hell in this city. Hallelujah. So please, before you draw any conclusions, please hear me out tonight and everything I have to say. Don't just take a few words and and jump on it from there. But hear me out. And if after I'm finished you're upset about what I said, please give me the opportunity to talk to you face to face and explain. It may be a simple case of misunderstanding. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, as I said, sitting in the conference this week, uh, Brother Alan Picklesimer, who pastors in uh, Idaho, he is a retired minister. He has stood faithfully for God for many, many years. But he was relating the words of Helen Keller. And uh, I, I went on the internet and looked them up. I wanted to make sure I had her exact words. I wanted to make sure that what I said was what Helen Keller had said. Most of you, I think, know the name Helen Keller. You know that this lady, uh, as a young child at the age of 19 months, contracted some disease. And from what I can tell, they're still not sure exactly what it was that she contracted. But because of the disease, she became both blind and deaf. Amen. She wasn't born that way, but became blind and deaf before she was two years old. Now, in her later life, she became a prolific writer. And she had a lot of things to say about life and, and about various situations. Hallelujah. And uh, she was writing a letter and began to address her condition. Now, again, these are not my words. These are the words of Helen Keller, who was both blind and deaf. And here's what she said, and I quote. She said, I am just as deaf as I am blind. The problems of deafness are deeper and more complex, if not more important than those of blindness. Deafness is a much worse misfortune. For it means the loss of the vo most vital stimulus. The sound of the voice that brings language, sets thoughts astir, 
and keeps us in the intellectual company of man. She said blindness keeps us from things, but deafness keeps us from people. Now, again, these are not my words, so don't get mad if you don't like what she's saying. I'm telling you what a woman who was both blind and deaf said. She said it is much worse to be deaf than it is to be blind. Amen. I'm not here to ridicule the deaf. I thank God for the deaf that are with us tonight. I'm thankful that they're in this service. I'm thankful that we have people here who are trained to communicate with them. Who have learned sign language. Who can express what is being preached and sung so that they can understand. I I am not ridiculing them. But I want them and everyone else to understand. That no matter what you've been taught. No matter what you've always heard. Deafness is not a culture. It's not a culture. It is a physical impairment. I told you it was going to be controversial and I'm already waiting in. But you hear me tonight. I want to tell you that biblically. Scripturally, deafness is a worse condition than blindness. And I want to prove that to you. You, you, you bear with me tonight. I'm going somewhere. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is, now the, sub- faith is the, the substance of things hoped of for, things hoped for the evidence and of the things evidence not seen. of things not seen. Now, if, if I could just take this verse tonight, and I'm not trying to take away from the Word of God, but, but could you let me just take a few words of this voice and of this verse and point out something to you tonight? If I could say it this way, faith is not seen. Faith is not seen. Your sight or your inability to see has no real effect on your faith. Faith is not what you see. In fact, if you see it, it's not faith. So whether you're blind or seeing, it doesn't matter because seeing has no impact on faith. Luke 17, verse 20. Listen to this. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of the God, kingdom of God cometh, not, cometh with observation. not with sight. You can't see the kingdom of God. It's not visible. That which is invisible... It is. It has no differentiation between the seeing and the blind. Am I making sense to you tonight? If something's invisible, it doesn't matter if you can see or you can't see. If it's invisible, it's the same to everybody. There are a lot of things that the blind miss out on. There are a lot of beautiful sights that the blind miss out on. And I, I'm not blind, but, but all of my life I've had, see, I've had sight problems. And I, I will never forget at the age of 12 uh, finally realizing 
that, that I had visual problems. I didn't know that I did. I, you know, I, I, was, I, I was born this way. I had no clue that other people saw things differently than I saw them. And I remember sitting in a class in school and squinting to try to read the blackboard. And finally the school principal, who was our math teacher, uh, asked me, said, what are you doing? I said, nothing. I'm just looking at the blackboard. Well, he knew something was wrong and called my dad. He said, I think your son has a sight problem. I think you need to take him to an optometrist and get him checked. And so at the age of 12, they took me. And I'll, I will never forget the day I picked up my first pair of glasses. I remember it so vividly. I, I really do. I remember putting on those lenses, Brother Merriman, and walking out of that building and saying, Wow, I had no idea brick had texture. I had, I had no idea that leaves could be distinguished on a tree. I, it just looked like a big green ball at the top of the, uh, of the, the trunk of that tree. I, I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't distinguish. I couldn't make things out. So I've never been blind, but I understand a little bit of the problems of vision. And there's a lot of things that the blind cannot really appreciate because they can't see it. They can't appreciate a beautiful arrangement of flowers. They, they can't appreciate the sun setting over the mountains of Colorado. They can't appreciate standing on the shores of, uh, of, of the Gulf of Mexico and watching the waves roll in. There's a lot they cannot appreciate. But you know, it, it wouldn't matter if God healed their eyes. It wouldn't change their view of the air. Do you understand what I'm telling you? If something's invisible, it doesn't matter if you're blind or seeing. If it's invisible, it makes no difference. And the kingdom of God cannot be seen. It doesn't come by observation. It's not something you see. So how then do you comprehend the kingdom of God? If you can't see it, how do you comprehend it? Romans chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. They've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, For Lord, Isaiah said who hath Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh, so then by, faith hearing, cometh by, not by sight. And hearing not by the by word of God. Sight. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm here to tell you faith is not seen, but faith is heard. Blindness has no effect on your faith, but deafness can. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to upset anybody. And I don't want you to get upset. I want you to hear my whole message before you determine what I'm trying to say here. I'm trying to lay a foundation tonight. So please give me the benefit of the doubt. I want you to understand, I don't care who the interpreter is. I don't care how, how capable they are. There are some things they cannot convey. They can only be heard. They can do their best to show expression in their face. To try to convey how excited the speaker gets. But until you've heard the cracks in his voice as he starts to weep. Until you've heard the passion of his heart when he begins to preach with all that he's got. You can't really get it. 
I hope everyone's in tune with where I'm trying to go tonight. I'm, I'm going to say to you again, amen, blindness cannot affect your faith, but deafness can because faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by seeing. It comes by hearing. Bear with me. There are just things that I feel like I have to say to qualify because I don't want our deaf folks to get the wrong impression of what I'm trying to convey tonight. But I want you to understand something. I cannot find in the scripture any time Jesus ever found anyone deaf and said, well, that's your culture. That's the way you are. You need to stay that way. I can't find him ever doing that anywhere in the word. Amen. Let's look at a few examples. Mark chapter 7, verses 32 to 37. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue and looked up to heaven and sighed and saith unto him, Ephetha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. And where and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all hath done things, all things well. well. He maketh both he the makes deaf to hear the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. And the mute to speak. He makes the deaf hear. He doesn't say to them, Be happy in your culture. He doesn't say to them, be content that you can't hear. This is the way I made you. You should be satisfied. Like That's not what he said. He makes the deaf to hear. Mark chapter 9, verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul he spirit. He rebuked the foul spirit. Saying unto him. Saying unto him. Thou dumb and deaf spirit. Thou mute and deaf spirit. I charge thee come out of I him. I charge you to come out of him. And enter no more and into enter him. And enter no more into him. Jesus said it's a spirit. Yes. Now, 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 it's not in every case. Please, he, Jesus wasn't saying it's that way in every case. I, I hate to have to qualify everything. I'm going somewhere tonight. But in this case, it was a spirit that caused this man to be mute. It was a spirit that caused him to be deaf. And Jesus rebuked the spirit and healed him. He didn't leave him like he was. He healed him. Amen. In fact... Jesus used the healing of the deaf as a proof of who he was. When John the Baptist was discouraged in prison and sent his followers to Jesus and said, Ask him, are you he that should come? Which, which is an amazing thing. It was John who stood on the banks of the Jordan and said, Behold the Lamb of God. But now that he's discouraged, now that he's about to die, he's wondering, is this really the Lamb of God or not? And Jesus said, I want to prove that I am who I said I was. And here's my proof. Amen. Matthew 11, verses 4 and 5. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John, Go and show John again those again things which, those you, do things hear which you hear and see. The blind receive their the sight. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. And the deaf hear. 
Amen. The dead are raised up. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the and gospel preached to them. And the poor have the them. gospel preached to them. Jesus used, amen, the healing of the deaf as part of the proof of who he was. Again, please, please don't misunderstand me to our deaf brethren that are here tonight. Don't misunderstand me. But I do want you to know that it is a lie from hell that wants you to believe, amen, that there is a culture of deafness, that you are bound to stay deaf the rest of your life that you need to be deaf that's not God's way of thinking that's the world's way of thinking it's not a culture now let me tell you something this world wants to put all of us into a victim mentality everybody's a victim that's the way the world wants you to be. God doesn't want you to be a victim. He wants you to be a victor. God wants you to overcome, not be overcome. God doesn't want you living your life feeling sorry for yourself. And can I say to you that God doesn't want in His kingdom for people to divide themselves racially, financially, or physically. I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying. It is the world that wants to divide us. It's not God. God wants to bring us together as one. We are all one in Him. Black and white, red and yellow, deaf and hearing, blind and seeing, rich and poor. It doesn't matter. We are one in Jesus Christ. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to catch a lot of flack for some of the things I'm saying to them. But I'm going to tell you, I, it has bothered me for several years now that instead of just being Americans, we've become hyphenated Americans. We're not just Americans. We are Mexican Americans. We are African Americans. We are Irish Americans. Why can't we just be Americans? Why can't we lay aside the things that divide us and come together? One nation under God. Indivisible. With liberty and justice for all. Why do we have to be divided? Listen, it's the devil that wants to divide us. It's not God. God wants to bring us together. The devil wants to separate us. And I know this message is going to go on the internet and folks are going to hear it and they're not here to see the look on my face and to understand everything that I'm trying to convey tonight. But, 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 but I'm going to tell you something. We, we need to forget about the labels and forget about the things that divide us and the things that, that separate us. This, this is not the will of God for us. And when we come into the church... I don't want people telling me, well, this is my culture. When you come into the church, you should get a new culture. You should get a Christian culture. 
And then it doesn't matter if you're Hispanic, if you're black, if you're deaf, if you're blind, if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're young, you're old, you're male or female, you're a Christian! Brother, Brother J.W. Ward, pastors in Grandview, Missouri, when he took that church, the outgoing pastor said to him, he said, well, I've always felt like we need a black church in Grandview. Brother Ward is black. Brother Ward said, I'm not going there to have a black church. I'm going there to have a church. And I don't care if they're black or white. I don't care who they are. I'm going there to have a church. Help me, Jesus. Somehow, somehow we're going to have to understand. Now, now I've gotten way off track of where I want to go. I want to talk about this deaf thing because I'm going somewhere in all this. Deafness is not a culture. It's a physical impairment. Now, now I, I want to tell you, there is a Hispanic culture. There is. There is a black culture. There is a white culture. There really is. But, but I want to ask you something. Can God heal me of being white? Been sometimes I thought he was going to. <laughs> brother, brother Bob one time told Sister Yvonne's son said the first time they came to church he said he said uh, now this is that preacher that thinks he's black I said you mean I'm not. <laughs> But I, you know, I am, I am white. I can't help that. I, I, I don't apologize for it. It's not my fault. I don't have anything to apologize for. But God can't heal me of being white. And God can't heal uh, Sister Hortensia of being Hispanic. And God can't heal Sister Yvonne of being black. These are not issues to be healed. But God can heal you of being deaf. There is a difference. There is a difference between being deaf and being black or white or Hispanic. There's a difference. God can heal your deafness. God wants to heal your deafness. I want to ask you something. When we get to heaven, are you going to be deaf in heaven? Are you going to be deaf when you get to heaven? No. The answer to that question is no. You're not. You're not going to be deaf when you get there. Now, I don't know what kind of pigmentation is going to be in our skin, but, you know, the Bible says we'll be known as we are, we will know as we are known. So I kind of got a feeling I'm still going to be stuck with his white skin when I get up there. <laughs> but 
But you know the sight problem, the vision problem that I've got is going to be fixed when I get over there. I mean really fixed. I don't mean corrected by lenses. I mean really fixed. When I get over there, I'm going to be able to see perfectly, brother. Brother Merriman, I'm going to be able to see perfectly. And, I, and, and, and you know, as I get older, I really am experiencing some hearing loss. I really am. I'm finding it more and more. I, I'm, 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 it's becoming more and more difficult for me to hear the older I get. But when I get over there, I'm not going to have a problem with my hearing. When I get over there, I will be fully hearing, and so will everyone else that's there. There will not be a deaf section in heaven. I don't know what language will be spoken, but it will not be ASL. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to convey a point tonight. It, it is time for folks to understand. You need to get over this deaf culture thing. It's a trick of the devil to keep you from receiving all that God has for you. I'm telling you that until you can hear, there are some things you just can't get. Faith cometh by. Faith cometh by. Oh, come on, I'm trying to preach tonight. Until you can hear, there are some things you'll never get. Now, I'm going to say it tonight, and I didn't ask Brother Merriman if I could. I'm going to say it. This week, they're taking Lydia in to have a cochlear implant. Because they have found that she has severe hearing problems. Those problems can be fixed by surgery. And I'm going to tell you something. Anybody that says that he's being a traitor to her culture by fixing that problem has a problem. There's nothing wrong with taking advantage of surgical advances to fix problems. Oh, now hear me. Because I know this is not popular among the deaf culture. Quote, unquote. In fact, I know that they are taught that they shouldn't wear hearing aids. They're taught this. They're taught this because to do it is to be a traitor to their culture. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're not going to wear a hearing aid, take off your glasses. What's the difference? I'm not trying to be ugly, but I'm telling you there's no difference. In fact, you'd be better off not wearing glasses and wearing a hearing aid. In, according to the scripture, you'd be better off. Wearing a, if, if you can do something, if God hasn't healed you miraculously, but you could do something to fix your hearing problem, honey, you ought to get on it as fast as you can get on it. You need to hear what's being said. You need to quit feeling sorry for yourself. You need to get out of this deaf culture, get into the Christian culture, and the Christian culture requires that you be able to hear what God has got to say. 
So, Brother Merriman, I stand behind you. I support you 100% in what you're doing for your daughter. Someone said to, have, to take her and let her have surgery is to take away the opportunity for God to heal her. I say, no, 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 that's not true. God can heal her whether she's had surgery or hasn't had surgery. That doesn't stop God from doing it. It's just that we've prayed and God hadn't done it yet. And so I say, get it fixed. If I've got a tooth that goes bad, I'm going to go get it fixed. When my, my sight went bad, I went and got it fixed. I just had major surgery to get some problems fixed. That, that for whatever reason, God didn't fix for me. I, I'm just telling you. It's a physical impairment that God is able to heal. God doesn't heal cultural issues. But God does heal physical issues. And you need to understand that God doesn't want you to have to stay deaf. Now, I believe God would prefer for it to be a miracle. God would prefer to open your ears and just heal you completely. But if you don't have the faith or if it doesn't happen, I'm telling you, go get you a hearing aid. If, if that'll help. Some people, that won't help. For some people, the cochlear implant does help. If that can help and you can afford it or insurance will pay for it, go get it done. Because you need to hear what God is saying. You need to be able to hear. It's getting tight. It's getting tight. Now, I'm not here. I'm not here to just get up and rail on our deaf folks. I've said it. I love them. God knows I've loved them. God knows I have prayed for them. God knows I have wept over them. I am not here to rail on them tonight. I'm not here to just let them have it and to fire both barrels at them. I do want them to somehow get beyond the lies that the world has put in them. They're not victims. They're not abused by the hearing. I'll say it again. You're not abused by the hearing. I don't know of anybody in this church that hates the deaf. In fact, I have never met anybody outside the church that hates the deaf. I'm so, I have not ever met anybody like that. It's a lie from hell that wants to put division. That's all it is. And you need to get that out of your heart. And you need to hit an altar. And you need to pray through until God takes it away from you. Nobody hates you because you're deaf. I, I, I don't mind telling sometimes they might hate a little attitude they see. Somebody's got a chip on their shoulder. Somebody goes around feeling sorry for themselves. Thinks the world owes them a favor. I can see a few folks getting aggravated about that. But I, I, I've never in all my life, I'm nearly 50 years old. And I've never in almost 50 years of living ever, ever one time met anybody that hated people because they were deaf. Now, I will tell you, and I, I hate to admit it, I have met people that hated folks because they were black. I've, I've met those kind of people, and I can't stand them. 
I really have to pray. I'm telling you, I don't like it a little bit. I don't like it a little bit. Amen. I have met some folks that had that kind of prejudice. I have. I, I've met folks that call themselves Christian. That wouldn't even go to church with somebody of a different color. I have met those kind of folks. It's mind-boggling, but I've been there. In fact, we, uh, the place where I was trying to pastor had a woman that worked for us that, that uh, was black. And we would talk to her and witness to her. And she told us one day, she said, I, I wish I could come to your church. But I know some of those folks wouldn't accept me there. I'm going to tell you, that's, that's a shame and a disgrace in the sight of God. God's not the least bit happy with those kinds of attitudes. God's not the least bit happy with those kinds of attitudes. In fact, I, I was pastoring in a place one time that had a church split because some of the key folks in the church didn't want anyone of another color coming to their church and literally threatened to kill them if they showed up again. I'm going to tell you, God's not pleased with that. In fact, I just have to believe God does still get angry about some things, and I just have to believe that makes God angry. So I've, I've met folks that had prejudice, but I've never yet met anybody that hated someone just because they were deaf. I've never seen that in all my life. You say you have, maybe you have, but I really don't believe. I believe that what's happened is that, that you, you've got this idea that they didn't like you because of that. And it may not have been that at all. You know, there's people that don't like me. I can't figure that out, but they don't. Really, I mean, I, I've had people that just downright hated me, Brother Merriman. I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I've had folks that didn't, didn't want to give me the time of day, didn't want to talk to me. And I can't figure out what in the world. I, I, I think I'm a pretty nice fella. But it, when, when, when they didn't like me, it wasn't because I couldn't see right or couldn't hear right. It was something about my personality they didn't like. So it's easy, it would be easy for me to claim, well, you just don't like short, dumpy people. You're just prejudiced against short, dumpy guys. That's all. You, just, you know, if I was tall and strong and muscular and looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger used to look, I look more like he looks now. But, but if I look more like he used to look, well, you might, you might be nicer to me. But you're prejudiced. It's not their prejudice. They didn't like some quirk in my attitude or something about something I said or did. That's what they didn't like. I'm not going to walk around with a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to walk to the mirror and say, God, what is it about me that they don't like? Show me how I can change so they will like me. I, I did not intend to spend my whole message on this area. I'm just there and I'm trying to trying my best to dig myself out of a hole here. But I cannot stress to you enough the importance of being able to hear. And yet the ability to hear is not the most important thing. Mark chapter 8 and verse 18. I'm going to try to move on. 
go have, where I want to go. So Mark 8, 18. Having eyes, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember. Having ears, hear ye not. I want to tell you there's something worse than not being able to hear. And that's not being willing to hear. That's why Jesus said what he did in Revelation 3 and 22. Read. He that hath an he ear. He that hath an ear. Let him hear. What let the spirit, him hear. What the Spirit saith unto the church. Let him hear. Let him hear. You've got the ability to hear. Now put that ability to work. Jesus, of course, is not speaking here of physical hearing. He's dealing with spiritual healing. In 1570, Thomas England wrote a play entitled The Disobedient Child. And in that play, he said, I perceive that none is so deaf as who will not hear. No one is as deaf as those who choose not to hear. Amen. In the spiritual sense, Ezekiel likened this willing deafness to rebellion. Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 2. Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not. They're a rebellious house. And this is how he describes their rebellion. They've got eyes to see. There's no problem with their vision. The problem is they close their eyes. They can see, they just won't. Read. They have ears to hear. They have ears to hear. And hear not. It's not that they're physically deaf. It's that they are willingly deaf. They don't want to listen to what's being said. They don't want to hear what the prophet's got to tell them. They don't want to know what the word of God is saying to their life. They close their ears and will not listen. They have ears to hear, but they hear not, for they are a rebellious house. Zechariah chapter 7, we read these verses as our text. In verses 11 to 13, listen to what he says. But they refused to hearken. They, what was that word? It wasn't that they weren't capable of it. It's not that they were unable to hearken. They were fully able. They just refused right. to hearken. And pulled away the shoulder. They pulled away the shoulder. And stopped their ears. And they stopped their ears. That they should hear not. That they should hear not. Yea, yea they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law. Lest they should hear the law and the words which the lord of and hosts and the words which the lord of hosts have sent in his spirit in his by spirit the former prophets the former prophets. therefore came a great wrath from the lord of hosts therefore it has come to pass therefore that it's come as to he pass. cried and they would not that hear that when the prophet cried and they wouldn't listen so they cried god said i gave them a dose of their own medicine uh, yes, sir. so they cried and i would not hear saith the lord of hosts 
I sent them prophets and they wouldn't listen to what the prophet had to say. I sent them preachers and they refused to listen to the preacher. They didn't want the message that was being proclaimed that night. They had their own ideas and their own opinions. They had their own lifestyles. They didn't want to change. They didn't want help. They didn't want to be delivered. They liked what they were doing. They didn't want to listen. And God said when I tried to talk to them, they refused to listen. So I decided I'll just let them see how it feels. And now they're crying to me. And God said I've got my fingers in my ears I'm not listening to what they're saying either they're down there in need but I'm not giving them any attention I'm not listening to them because they would not listen to me church I don't ever want to be found in that kind of situation let, let, me, let me talk to you tonight from a very burdened heart I'm going to tell you that I believe in this hour, in this crucial time in which we live. God is wanting to talk to His church like never before. I'm telling you, God, please hear me tonight. God's not pleased with the carnality of Christianity. God is not pleased with how much like the world we've become and how much we want to adapt to them and, and, and to become more and more like them. God's not. God wants us. God wants us trying to be more and more like Him. God wants us to hear what His Word has to say. God wants to hear what His Spirit is saying to the church tonight. But if we're not careful... We can get so caught up with the way we've always done things that we stop our ears at the voice of God. Don't talk to me about that, God. Don't, don't tell me about that, God. Don't deal with my prayerlessness, God. Don't, 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 don't condemn me, God, over my lack of Bible reading. Don't, don't talk to me about, uh, about not paying my time. Don't, 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 God, I... I I don't want to hear it, God. You're making me uncomfortable. God wants to talk to His church. God wants to help us to become what we need to be. God wants to lead us into the power of His promises. God wants to change His church into the dynamic church it was in the book of Acts. God's not looking for Laodicea. He's looking for Acts chapter 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. God is looking for a church that becomes powerful as it was in the early days. But we are interested only in being more of what we've always been. Don't. God, don't send preachers along that make me feel uncomfortable. Don't send preachers along, God, that deal with where I'm living. I don't want to hear that. Church, don't ever reach a place that you don't want to hear His voice. Because He said, if you do, I won't hear you when you cry. We must learn to hear His voice. John chapter 10, verses 2 through 5, read. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep, sheep. by name. The sheep 
hear his voice. Amen. And he calleth his own sheep by name. And leadeth them out. And when he hang put on, it, hang on, hang on. I'm trying to just follow the Holy Ghost right now. Let me tell you something. Some of you are in some real difficult situations right now. And you're wondering why in the world God hasn't changed it. I feel this in my spirit right now. Oh God, I feel what I'm telling you. I'm not yelling and stomping and snorting like I do on a lot of Sunday nights. But I feel a deep move of the Holy Ghost here right now. I want, I want everybody to hear what I'm saying to you. Hear me tonight. For some of you that are in a desperate situation. The Bible says the sheep hear his voice. He calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Could it be tonight that God is calling you to a place that you need to be? But you're not listening to his voice. Maybe God's trying to get you out of something else. Maybe God is trying to change some situation in your heart and life. You're saying, God, I just want out of this trial. I want out of this trial. I want out of this trial. That's all I know. God, I just want out of this trial. Deliver me. Heal me. Save me. God, get me out of this problem. God, that's all I want to hear. And God said, no, there's a spot in your life right here. That I want to work on. There's a little attitude down here that needs to be corrected. There, there, there's a little bitterness right here that I, I need to dig out of you. And he calleth his sheep by name and leadeth them out. He leadeth them out. Read. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, how do they follow? How do they follow? They're in tune with his voice. They know when he speaks. He speaks at the sound of his voice. His sheep, his sheep follow because they know his voice. When he speaks, Brother Jerry, they know where to go because they're following his voice. They're not following their whim. They're not following their will. They're not following their ideas or their philosophies. They're following his voice. Know his voice. Verse 5. And a stranger will a they stranger not follow. Will they not follow? But will flee from him. They'll flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. Because they don't know the voice of strangers. Let me tell you something, church. I'm just being honest with you tonight. There are far too few of God's sheep who really recognize His voice on a regular basis. 
We're listening to voices of every kind from all across the spectrum. We're hearing voices that are telling us things that are so contrary to what God has told us. We're hearing voices in this day and age, even behind pulpits, that are contrary to what God has already told us. We better know His voice. We better know His voice. I don't want to follow a stranger. I want to follow Him. If we trust anything other than the sound of His voice, we're in grave danger. Please follow with me. I'm going to try to bring this thing to a close, but here's, here's one of the problems. And I'm not, I'm not up here condemning folks. I'm not up here throwing stones at other churches. Again, that's why I said from the start, please put this in the context of 13 years of, of pastoring in this city. I want you to understand it in that context. I'm not throwing stones. But I'm just telling you that one of the things that's out there right now vying for our attention is to follow our feelings. In fact, it's amazing to me how many people you try to engage in conversation and they say, well, I feel that. I feel that. You know, we, we better get beyond feeling. And, and this church knows I love a good feeling. Well, I love when the Holy Ghost is moving. I love for us to feel the Spirit of God. But can I tell you, you can't just trust your feelings. Genesis 27 tells an interesting story. Verses 18 through 22. This is where Jacob and Esau are still at home. And... and uh, 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 their father is getting ready to give the blessing to the older son Esau and he said go out and, 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 and get me some, some uh, meat and bring it to me and fix it for me and while he's gone while he's gone Jacob disguises himself covers himself with Esau's clothing and puts the, 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 the skin of goats on his arms to make himself feel more hairy and and uh, and, and he comes in before his father. And Genesis 27, beginning with verse 18, read. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, I'm thy Esau. firstborn. I'm Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, uh -huh. I pray thee. Sit and eat of my venison, that thou soul may, be, may bless me. Uh -huh, read. And Isaac said unto his son, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? Uh -huh. And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, come, that come, I may come feel come thee, here, that I may feel my son, uh -huh. whether thou be my very son Esau or not. So something just wasn't quite right. Something, what, something about this just didn't really click. There's something here that's just not making sense to Isaac. Now, now he's blind at this point. He's up in years and he can't see. And, 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 and he's, he's, he's trying to figure out, you know, I just sent Esau. And all of it, he's back this fast. Right. And he's already got it killed and cooked and ready. And right. so, something's not right here. Something's just not right. So he said, come, come a little closer here, son. Come a little closer. 
so I can find out if you're really Esau or not. Read. And Jacob went near into Isaac, his father, uh-huh. and he felt it. And he did what? He what? He felt him. Read. And said, the voice said. is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. I'm hearing one thing, but I'm feeling another. I know the voice of my son. I know that's not Esau's voice. I know that's Jacob's voice. But I'm going to go based on what I feel. And his feelings deceived him. Are you getting this tonight? You can't go on what you feel. You better go on what you hear. Let me tell you another danger in this. And, 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 and again, I, again, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. There is a problem with feeling. There, there are all kinds of churches out there that want to draw you in based on what you can feel when you get there. And, and, and again, I'm not against feeling. I've told this church. I've preached this church. We better have a move of God when we come to church. I want people to feel God's presence when they get here. But the thing is, there needs to be a confirmation between what they feel and what they hear. Not a contradiction. What they feel and what they hear needs to be the same thing. Hallelujah. The second thing we need to be careful of. Deuteronomy 13 verses 1 through 3. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which which thou hast not known and let us serve them thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the lord your god proveth you to know whether ye love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul now this is an interesting passage because god said that there will be those who rise up who dream dreams see visions and perform miracles and there will be people that will flock to them because of what they see I see miracles. I see signs. I see wonders. But God said, don't follow them based on what you see. Listen to what they say. You better base it on what you hear, not on what you see. If they're up there preaching to you something different than what the Word of God tells you, don't follow them. I don't care how many miracles are performed. I don't care how much goes on in that church. I'm telling you, you've got to hear the right thing. People say, well, man, look at how much that church has grown. Look at how big they are. And I'm not knocking big churches. I plan to be there one day. I thank God for the growth we've seen. And I, I believe we're going to see even more. Not many days hence. Hallelujah. I'm not against big churches. I plan to be one someday soon and very soon. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, you can't just look at a church and judge it by its size. 
If size determines truth, then we need to all give up on Christianity and become Muslims. Because there are more Muslims than there are Christians. Size doesn't determine truth. You can't go by what you see. You've got to go by what you hear. It's got to line up with the Word of God. So don't follow what you feel. Don't follow what you see. In fact, can I tell you, don't even trust in every case what you experience. Well, I've had people say, well, I had a dream. God showed me this. I had, I, you know, I know, I know I'm saved because I had such and such experience. Can I tell you that even trust your experience is not safe? Let me show you in the scripture. 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 11 and 12. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. The Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains. What an experience. A strong wind rent the mountains. It tore the mountains. That's a powerful wind. Woo, what a powerful experience I just had. Break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But what? The Lord was not in but the wind. The Lord, it was a powerful experience. Amen. And after the wind and earthquake. Hang on, hang on. It was a power. Are you hearing me today? It was a powerful experience. But God wasn't in it. And after the wind, an earthquake. An earthquake. But the Lord was another not in powerful the experience. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Read. And after the earthquake, and after a fire. The earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small and after voice. After the fire. What? A voice. A voice. A voice. Elijah, don't trust your experiences. Trust the voice. You've got to hear the voice. You've got to hear the voice. You may have had a spiritual earthquake. You may have had a spiritual wind. You may have had a spiritual fire. That doesn't mean you're necessarily saved. You've got to find out if the voice was saying the same thing that the Word of God says. What does the Word of God say? Don't trust what you feel. Don't trust what you see. Don't trust what you experience. What then can we trust? You trust what you hear. John 10 and 27. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And I know them. And they follow me. And they follow me. My sheep. My sheep are not looking for the earthquake, the wind, or the fire. My sheep have got their ears attuned to my voice. My sheep are listening for my voice to lead them, to deal with them, to speak to them. Whatever my voice has to say, they want to hear. Revelation chapter 3 Verse 22, we read as our text, He that hath an ear, let him hear 
what the Spirit saith to the churches. That was verse 22, but I want to back up two verses and see what it is we're supposed to be hearing. Amen. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at Behold, the door and knock. I stand at the door and I knock. Read. If any man hear if my voice. If any man hear my voice. And open the door. And open the door. I will come in to I'll him. come in to him. And will sup with him. Sup with him. And he with me. And he with me. If any man hear my voice. You know, this was written to a church. Do you know that? I know preachers for years have used this to sinners. The Lord's knocking on the door of your heart, but this wasn't written to sinners. It was written to saints. It was written to church people. It was written to believers. And there were believers who found themselves in a situation where God was no longer in the house. He was on the outside knocking. I want to commune with you. I want to talk to you. It's been so long since we've really had any real conversation. I want you to hear my voice tonight. I want to lead you out of your situation. I'm calling you by name tonight. But I'm standing outside. And in the midst of the hustle and the bustle of your life, in the midst of all the multitudes of voices that are crying for your attention, somehow you've got to tune them all out and hear that one voice that makes a difference. That one voice that will never contradict the Scripture, for it is the voice of the Scripture. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You can't separate God and His voice. You can't separate God and His Word. His voice will never speak to you contrary to His Word. And His voice is calling to some folks tonight. I'm telling you, there are some of us that have allowed ourselves to kind of stray a little bit. Not quite where we need to be spiritually. We're not quite where we ought to be. And softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling tonight. His voice, He speaks in the sound of His voice. It's so sweet. Birds may hush their singing, but I can promise you the devils in hell are going to yell louder. I can promise you the carnal folks all around you are going to scream with that much more passion. It becomes so difficult sometimes to just decipher that still, small voice. But he's speaking tonight. Can you hear him? Is there anybody here tonight that hears a voice calling to their heart saying, I want you to come closer 
I want you to draw closer. I want to deal with your situations. I want to help you. I want to change you. Will you listen to the voice of God today? He that hath an ear, let him hear. These altars are open. If anybody would like to come and pray. I want to hear his voice. 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 Jesus, speak to me. Jesus, talk to me. Don't let me stop my ears. Don't let me refuse to hear. But let me hear your voice, God. Let me hear your voice. Of his voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing, and the melody 
Jesus gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known
as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever our hands and love him right now. I love you, Jesus. God, I want to have ears to hear. I want to have ears to hear. I want to have ears to hear. God, 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 I want to have ears to hear. I want to hear your voice. I want to listen to the call of the Spirit. I want to be all that you want me to be, God. I love you. I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's remember Tuesday night prayer. Also, if you would, I want you to be in prayer for blotto family in fact it'd be good for us to stand and pray for them tonight for the blotto passed away last week and um, I know that it's extremely difficult for them for their family for that church this is twice in five years that they've had their acting pastor pass away and uh, it's got to be a very difficult thing for them. And Sister Blotto and those boys, the two boys are still so young. Brother Blotto was only about, I think, 51 or 52. He wasn't, he wasn't that old. And um, I know that it's extremely difficult. The boys are still very young. They waited until later in life to have kids. Both boys still at home. I know it's very hard on them. But God does all things well and He makes no mistakes. Amen. He makes no mistakes. And we need to pray for the Blotto family right now. Pray for that church. Amen. In California. Amen. Let's let's everyone lift our voices and pray for them. Can we do that, Lord? In Jesus' name. God, I pray, God, for Sister Blotto, for Rocky and Jonathan. I pray, God, that you would give them peace and strength. God, that you would help them, God, that the peace of God that passes understanding would flood their hearts and minds. Touch that church, God, and give them peace. Give them direction, God. 
be there, God, in their midst to help them through this difficult and dark time in their life. And yet, God, we do not, do not accuse you, God, nor do we even doubt your purpose. Though we cannot understand, we believe, God, that all things work together for good. We believe, God, that you have this in your hands and that things are being worked according to your plan and purpose. I pray for your blessing and your strength for that family and for that church. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. Greet one another in the fear of God. Any other announcements? All right, the ladies, and then following that, a Sunday school meeting. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.